Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Marilyn Skinner, welcome to the Church Times podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. First of all, could you tell us about your experience as an Olympic chaplain and a, and a sports chaplain more widely? Yes, I'd love to. So um, as well as running my own ministry, which is called Third Space Ministries, um, I'm also one of the pastoral directors for Sports Chaplaincy UK. And so I have been involved in different types of sports chaplaincy. Um, I'm a chaplain at my local gym um, and oversee gym chaplains around the UK. But I've also been involved in major events chaplain chaplaincy. So um, that's included uh, Commonwealth Games, World Athletics Championships, para events, um, Paralympics, that kind of thing. Um, and specifically with the Olympics, um, I've been at the Winter Paralympics in Vancouver and I served at the London Olympics and Paralympics in 2012, which I have to say was an absolute highlight. That year was, was an incredible year, so it was very special to be there. I'm sure it was. Could you say a bit about what sort of support chaplains provide to athletes? It's quite a specific area, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when you're serving at one of these events, it's it's an intense few weeks. Um, so you're you're there before the event starts, when the athletes arrive, you work really long hours, you're you're you are in this little bubble with them. Um, and what it looks like really is you have a multi-faith chaplaincy centre. So there's um, several key faiths that are represented and you're based inside the athlete's village or the equivalent of. You're there for everybody. Uh, you are there for the athletes, but also uh, sort of the coaches and their support team and, um, and you know, you're just available for anyone that, that needs that support. Part of it is providing services for that they come to. And then the other part is going out to where they are. So we would host um, Bible studies, worship times, Sunday services um, for people to come to. So if someone um, is a person of faith, they're a long way from home. The spiritual well-being is so incredibly important. They want to connect with other believers. So we would find a regular group of people that would come along to those sessions. But we'd also just be available to be a listening ear. So someone might just wander past and just be prompted to come in just to offload about what they're going through that day. Um, but we're also proactive in that we would go out of the chaplaincy centre, wander around the village. There's all sorts of things that take place in athletes villages there's nude agents hairdressers beauty salons games rooms and all sorts of things polyclinics so we would wander around um being intentional for conversations with people maybe sitting in some of the the lounge areas um looking for those opportunities just to um be available and offer help in whatever way so that's kind of what it looks like practically um in terms of the areas that we would focus on to provide support, um, a lot of it is very much being a listening ear. You can imagine that there are some key issues around the area of performance and identity. And for a lot of these athletes, this is they've trained for years and years and years and years for this pinnacle um, of the years of sacrifice that it has been. And they might just get one shot at this. And uh, they that the, the pressure is intense so the chaplaincy center uh we want that to be like a performance free zone an area where they come to where they're not judged 
on their performance. They are just accepted for who they are, um, that we uh, communicate the message that they are enough. One chaplain described chaplaincy at, at um, major games as like being at one wedding and 10 funerals every day, because with every you know, the, the line between elation and desolation is so thin. And for every medal that is won, you've got so many more people that are disappointed. And you know, this is a big thing for them. It, it, this is their job. It consumes their life. You know, you don't want to downplay that, but you also want to communicate that, that, that they, they need to sort of make peace with that disappointment, but that they are enough. Um, so there's a lot of sort of focus on that area of identity um, and that's for people who are not Christians as well as those who who do have faith so yeah I think that's a, a lot of the areas that we would focus on and the ways that we would seek to support them. That's really interesting how, how pressure the atmosphere is it can just be a, a fraction of a second can't it or something that's the difference between a medal or and how many are focused on absolutely winning gold I mean does it do their expectations vary depending on you know how experienced or expert they are in, the, in their particular sport? Yeah, I think it does vary quite quite a bit. Um, and you even see that watching some of the interviews. When I've been watching the Olympics this week, you, know, you would have um, someone comment uh, on the fact that he got silver and how disappointed he was with that uh, because he was so close to getting gold. And I think because he knew what his own, um, what he was capable of and, you know, really went out to get that. And um so in that moment was disappointed. And then I saw, um, I think it was the, the twin British gymnast girls who were just so excited that they were even at the Olympics and just being there was just like a joy in itself. So I think it it, it does vary. It um, For some, it's, it is just that, that, that mindset that they have. But for some, I guess it is knowing what they are capable of. And if they've got so close and then it just goes, then that's... Um, it's, it's, it's a really tough call for them. And I mean, the um, 2020 games have delayed for a year, weren't they, that are going on in Tokyo at the moment? Um, and because pandemic restrictions are still in place, I believe there are no in-person chaplains at this year's games. And what sort of effect do you think that will have on the athletes? And is, is there any other kind of support that, that you're able to give? Yeah, we are seeking to sort of offer that support. I mean, er everything is different this year. Um, and it's such an unusual experience for the athletes. And um, I think they're just pleased to, to be there, but there's also, it is such a shame that they can't experience, well, understandably, obviously, but uh, experience the, the fullness of, of the atmosphere of an Olympic game. So, you know, no spectators, no socialising in the village, flying home as soon as they've had their competition. There's so much that is absent this year. Um, and obviously chaplaincy, in-house chaplaincy is, is one of those things. But um, chaplaincy has been offered uh, on a virtual basis. So I believe that the uh, people in the village uh, have to uh, make contact through an app to access the chaplaincy services that are provided. And we just really have been sort of praying that people will take that up. And obviously where there's relationships that have been established, it's uh, relatively easy to keep those things going. So I've got uh, relationships with athletes that I've met at different events and they've wanted to keep in touch and I've, so I've done that and so it's just very natural for me just to whatsapp them send some voice notes you know try to talk to them and encourage them I think what you what you miss is that you don't have the same opportunities to bump into someone so when I was sort of saying how we might just go and 
sit in uh, one of the lounge areas or the coffee area and um, just uh, sort of spontaneously go over and chat to some, some people or to some teams and just talk about chaplaincy and what it is. You haven't got those moments. And also it means you don't have the moments when if someone's having a down day and they just walk past the chaplaincy centre and just think, oh, maybe I'll just pop in. Maybe I'll just go and see. You don't have those spontaneous moments. It's more of a effort for someone to really think, right, I do want to talk to a chaplain. I do want to access one of these services. I've got to go through this process to reach it. So I think um, whilst chaplaincy is still there, whilst uh, some of those relationships are there, you do lose something of the um, spontaneity of some of those moments with, with individuals that might only sort of stumble across it. I'd like to ask about the importance of athletes' mental health, because, I mean, this has been a lot in the news just recently with the withdrawal of the American gymnast Simone Biles from some events at the Olympics. I mean, she's she's attracted a lot of praise from some people and, and criticism from others, such as Piers Morgan in the Mail. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this uh, when athletes say, I'm going to have to prioritise my mental health? Because there are some who say you need more resilience, you know, you need to toughen up, and others who, who think that's something really positive to be doing yeah yeah I, I personally think Simone Biles has been incredibly courageous in making this statement um you know it cannot have been an easy decision she's at the Olympic Games you know everyone was expecting gold medals you wouldn't just step away from that without giving that some serious thought you know she she knows that she would be open to criticism for, for doing that so I think it, it it wouldn't have been easy for her. But, you know, what I've been hearing from, from others that have been commenting on this is that if you lose your focus in gymnastics, you can end up with a really serious injury. And she could tell that when she started to perform, um, and I was watching her and some of the commentators were saying, oh, I bet she's not at her best, something's not quite right. And if she knows that she's not got that focus and she's not at her best, my goodness, you hear of some very serious injuries and paralysis that comes from a slip that you might make. So she has to be in the absolutely right frame of mind to compete. Um, and in terms of the pressures on her mental well-being, gosh, I mean, we can only imagine what it's like to carry the weight of a nation, expectations of a nation upon your shoulders, and she's still relatively young. Um, so... You know, it's, it's easy to think that athletes are really resilient because they have, have this really strong mental focus. And to, to a big degree, they are. I mean, they wouldn't be at the Olympics if they had, didn't have that level of strong sort of mental attitude. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, they are humans and our mind is such a battlefield. And I think, you know, it in the same way that um, when an athlete has a physical injury, they have to take time off for it to be healed. I do believe that we should treat our minds in the same way. If we feel that, it, that it's damaged in some way and that it needs this healing and strengthening again, that we need to allow people to have time out for that. So I personally really hope that her vulnerability actually gives permission to others to be real about the pressures that they are feeling. So that, that would be my take on it. And perhaps you think it will the coaches and and teams around these athletes it might make them reconsider some of the pressure that's put on them. I think so I, I do think things have improved over the years. I mean, you do 
read um, some stories of, you know, in the past uh, pressures that um, athletes, gymnasts have been under, um, where they've just been pushed, 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 pushed. So, but, but I do think things are changing. There is a greater awareness um, of our whole being, just that holistic approach. Um, and I'm really thankful that uh, different sporting um, groups and committees have spoken positively um, and affirmed Simone Biles in this. So, uh, yeah, I, I do hope that it's a positive step for the way forward in the holistic care of individuals. It's something I raised actually on, on the podcast recently about the, the Euros with um, Reverend Peter Crumpler. We're talking mainly about football, but um, I'd be interested to get your perspective on how church churches can support people in their congregations who, who play sport, particularly at an elite level, both adults and children. I find sometimes you know, church and elite sports can be seen as in conflict just because of when matches and training might clash you know, with service times or, or midweek groups. Are, are there ways that churches can sort of actively support people in their ambitions to be elite athletes? Um, and in their faith at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do believe that there should be, there should be greater level of um, perhaps understanding and flexibility in, in some of these uh, situations. I think it's really important to affirm members in your congregation that are involved in elite sport and to celebrate the gift that God has given them because it is, it's a God-given gift and sport is, can be a source of so much joy and they are pursuing what they feel God has given to them. Um, and that's, that's something that needs to be um, firm, I believe. Um, but also to talk to them and work with them to find ways for their spiritual life to flourish. And that might look different depending on the individual, um, but ask them what it what would help them and offer to pray for them, ask how, how you can specifically be praying for them. So it, as I say, it could look different for different people, but I think um, we need to find ways to help athletes um, and sports people flourish in their spirituality, which isn't just dependent on being in a church building on a Sunday morning at a certain time. Surely the church has to be bigger than that. Surely that's something that we have learned. Um, that there are ways to support in other ways. And I think just remind them that they are not a forgotten member of the church just because they are not visible, um, not always visible um, in that setting. And I think that could can easily happen that, you know, if you're not if you're not seen in that moment, then you can easily be forgotten. So I think it's really important to reach out to them um, and affirm them, encourage them and work with them to find ways to help their spiritual life flourish rather than just think, well, if you can't be there on a Sunday morning, you've got to get on with your faith in your own way. You know, that's it. Yeah, we, we've got to come up with with things that are a wider support network for them. And yeah. Hopefully, churches are learning that and are um, being creative in that. I was struck by Bakayo Saka, England and Arsenal star, saying there's a quote I, I read by him saying he's he uh, he expresses his Christian faith on the pitch. And do you think there's something in that for athletes to be encouraged to see that this is their God-given talent and they they bring glory to God by playing sport excellently and and with with good kind of character that I think players like him really show. Absolutely. I think there is a distinctiveness that um, people in sport who are people of faith carry in terms, uh, as I said earlier, about their identity, that um, they know who they are. They know that they are enough. They are, they are just as disciplined and committed and sold out for, you know, the, the, the sport, but that they 
they have a different perspective as well in that they um, perhaps carry a, a different sort of joy, a different sort of freedom maybe in, in um, how they're competing. And so, yeah, giving glory to God in the midst of what they do, uh, whether they win or lose, but also, yeah, recognising that God is with them. So, you know, God is God is in that training pitch on a Sunday morning as much as he is in a church building on a Sunday morning that you know he he doesn't he isn't suddenly absent from them he's there with them um, and they can worship him through what they're doing so whether someone is running playing football jumping whatever um, they they can worship God in that this can be their act of worship to him um, and I think that's a beautiful thing Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.